Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome to the five-year plan, four hundredth podcast. Hey! Four hundred. Brilliant, brilliant. That was genius, boys. Yeah, four hundredth podcast, FYP, and you can probably hear from the the noises in the background. The original four are back in the room together in a long time. It is oh. wonderful to be here. And uh, Kevin, if you want to say your catchphrase early on, we are here. I forgot what a catchphrase is now. It's been so long. It's I live here. There we go. There we go. Yeah. It's your, it's and your it's, house. Um, I have to say, I'm feeling genuinely quite emotional uh, when the three of you turned up at my front door like evil carol singers. <laughs> it, was a, it was for the first time in... I haven't seen Enders for nigh on two years, longer, so to see you all for the first time was genuinely emotional. Then to find out that you've been in the pub down the road for an hour <laughs> without telling me, so we just slid back into the old routine, as always. <laughs> Granddad gets invited right at the last minute, while the youngsters... <laughs> the more things change... It's, like, it's just, it's really genuinely lovely to... It is so nice to be sat across the table from you guys looking into your eyes. (laughs) What else could you be looking into? You have to think about what it was you're looking into then. I was going to say faces, but it sounded wrong. Um, Enders, great to have you. It's the first time you've been on the podcast in any form, as in us, not you, um, for a long time, six, seven months or so. So it's lovely to have you back on the pod. I will. <laughs> Brilliant! I've now got to pay JCIS some money. So that's, <laughs> thanks, mate. No, uh, it's it's lovely to be back, and thank you for allowing me back. Um, yeah, I've I've been I've sort of semi-retired to the to the south coast of England, the, the English Riviera. Mm. Um, yes, I've been down there in uh, St Leonard's on Sea, uh, following Crystal Palace from afar, uh, and following you guys. Uh, trials and tribulations of the FYP. But yeah, it's lovely to be back. And JD, you're as beautiful as ever. Mm. Kev. 
<laughs> I mean, Kev. I mean, what? A, I mean, what a host. We've already had pizza. We've yeah. had beers. Oh. There are nuts on the table. There's, there's flapjack. Snacks. There's flapjack. We there's crisps. Yeah. Andy Street. How are you doing? <laughs> how's, okay. uh, how's, how's your print and embroidery needs down there on the south coast? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will. haven't needed print and embroidery needs for I will. a long time. I will, with a K. <laughs> Kevin's using like, the Patreon budget for about three years. <laughs> are we actually sponsored anymore? Oh, yeah, we've got sponsors later on. All right, okay. Oh, okay. So we don't talk about those now. No, we don't. Wait, we do love... We wait till you, wait till you find out. Who <laughs> <is>. <laughs> <laughs> just just not, because I'm just going to drop it in later. So JD, uh, can I just say something? Uh, since I moved down to the south coast of St. Leonard's, I met a couple of amazing Palace fans. Yeah. Ben and Jordan, who uh, they don't know I'm doing the podcast today, but I want to give them a big shout-out. They go to my local pub called The Tower, um, and they're amazing guys. Ben and Jordan... Respect to you, um, yes, and I will see you next time. And they're, they're, they're lovely guys, and they, you know what, in that in that sort of weird area of East Sussex where I am, where there's weirdly enough, there's a lot of Brighton fans, mm. and a lot of Arsenal fans, a lot of fans, not of Crystal Palace, but they're the two really brilliant guys, and I want to give them a big shout out. You notice he's only been there six months, and it's my local pub mm. now. Well, well I, it is. There's, we've got reports that you are a bit of a palace celebrity down there, yeah. holding court at the pub, and generally being. Well, a bit of a I when I say when you say holding court, that means they pick me up off the floor <laughs> on a rather regular basis and point me to my house, which is literally 45 <laughs> seconds away. But you know what? The great thing about living 45 seconds to 60 seconds away from a pub, you can literally crawl home. Mm, you can. And you can not be late, so it's fine. But you know, anyway, it's great to be back, JD. You look, it's, you know, this is great. And you know, um, Vieira, you know, De- we'll, we'll get on to that. We'll get on to that. Um, Andy Street is also here. Hello to you. Hi. <laughs> anyway, so let's talk about. <laughs> I've, Look, I'd forgotten what a lovely colour Ender's hair is. Viking gold, Viking gold. Yeah, wonderful colour. Guys, listen, I, mean, I don't want to be too self-indulgent, but we obviously <laughs> we've had listened to the first five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> <This> first, <laughs> that boat was sailed long ago. Well, I was going to say, but it's, it's my podcast, so I'll do whatever oh. I want. Um, oh, oh no! Wow. Wow. Oh. Right, lads, it's been fun. <laughs> See you later. It's your podcast. We, we've, had, we've very kindly got a few messages of support from people, but I'll get on to a minute. Before, before that, obviously, we've got pod admin to do. So can I get a, a, a live drum roll for a random patron? Oh, my God. Oh, don't scare the cat. Too loud. <laughs> um, it is, I think, someone we all know. And I've gone back in time to find one of our first ever patrons. I thought that'd be a good moment for Pod 400. Akos Kovac. Oh, oh yeah, Akos. Yeah. Akos uh, the only Palace fan in Hungary, yeah. I think. But, well, um, and you know, he looks, he looks wonderful in tracksuit bottoms yeah. as well. Indeed. Great, great tracksuit Good looking fellow. Thank you to Akos. He, he's literally signed up the day that we started our patron back in 2018. As did quite a few people. You can join our patron now at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast and get post-match podcasts, uh, merchandise, which we're working on new merchandise now at the moment. And um, the WhatsApp, no, not WhatsApp, Discord club. It's, Sorry? It's very busy. We do, we've moved from WhatsApp to Discord. It's a different... What's, Rob's in charge of that. Rob knows all about the oh, sort of oh, oh, really? Was it about aeroplanes and stuff? <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, okay, you can name that. It's like WhatsApp for people who don't want to be traced for not at all suspicious reasons, <laughs> as far as I understand it. That's not <laughs> for me, good. then. I like to know what people... <laughs> is that about right? Um, the security is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah in which case, hello, Griff. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, obviously, new, new patrons get 20% off the merchandise, but um, anyone can buy merchandise at Podcast Merchant UK forward slash FYP high. From podcast, so um, the tradi- traditional fan can buy the legacy fan. Legacy can buy, fans. they can buy we, merchandise. We said before we love our legacy fans. Oh, okay. on this they can buy yeah. merchandise. They can buy whatever oh, they, yeah, they can. Twenty percent. It's just twenty yeah. percent. <laughs> you don't go around. It's not like Batsy Dogs Home. You go and check their house beforehand <laughs> to make sure the merchandise will be okay and looked after. We, yeah, we did. There's random spot checks. Okay. But, um, <laughs> um, live podcast is in two weeks or something. <laughs> Why am I looking for fifteen tickets left? No, 
There's five <laughs> tickets left. You wouldn't believe it, Kevin. There's five less than last week available. I think I said five last week. Anyway, there's, there's, there's five. To five there's is there's, there's five, is, five is the showbiz number. Thursday, um, 11th of November, Stratton Space Project. 10 quid. There's a special Mystery Palace guest joining us. Um, and tickets are available at eventbrite.co.uk. So, you know, you've got, you got two and a half weeks, to whatever it is, to, to buy one. So, uh, please do get involved. We've had a question from Ev Warren. Hey, Ev. Hi, Ev. Who says, how many tickets left for the 11th? And how do I go about getting a ticket? Is that what you want, Jim? Yes, thank you, Ev. That is absolutely perfect. <laughs> um, shall we? I love our listeners so much. Um, let's move on and well, talk about... Them. I love all of our listeners. You love some of them 20% more than others. (laughs) We've ascertained that. Uh, Kevin, we are... This is pod 400. Now that is... That's a remarkable achievement. It's quite a master. Where it started from, let's face it. (laughs) Well, speaking of where... Considering the two Muppets who did start it, let's face it, it's astonishing. And it wasn't even on the first one. Well, you're not. I know, I stand by that. I think that's a very fair comment. The two Muppets that started When did you start? Pod two. Oh. Speaking uh, true of facts, <laughs> yeah, the pod got fifty percent more muppety as soon as he joined. Um, would you like? Would you like? Speaking waka of waka. the first ever, first ever pod, would you like to hear? I have gone into the archives and I've somehow dug out the first ever episode of FYP. Would you like to hear it? The British Museum let you have it back. <laughs> they did one, just for one day only. Wow. Would I, you like to hear it? I, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'd love to. It must be quite hard going back in the archives and finding number one. <laughs> How was it archived? Uh, was it archived in some weird order, or was it archived like the weather? Or what was it archived? It How was, was it archived? It was, what you were wearing? I mean, it was archived. It's archived one to wherever we are now. Was it four hundred? Must be quite easy to find number one. You'd think that. You'd think, You'd think that. that but but it's, hey, it's, it's JD. <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing it. So anyway, here it is. It'll probably be a goon show or something like that. Or an old episode of Monty Python. <laughs> right. Here is the first ever. This is the first time we've ever played this since 2008. The first ever FYP podcast. Hello, I'm James Daly, editor of Five Year Plan. I'm in Nottingham today, and I'm joined by the Palace Sporting Friends. Seb? Yes?
So there you go. That was the first ever episode of the FYP podcast. Isn't wow. that mad? Wow. Brilliant. I, I have to say, Anders, I think the audio quality was superb. Yeah, but the second coming of Chevy Cucci was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't far off. That was, I can tell you the date, that was recorded on the 4th of October 2008 as Palace played away at Nottingham Forest. Mm. And it was released the next day. You know, you get like demos of really good bands and you kind of like yeah. hear, hear the, the demo and the, the audio quality is terrible, but you can hear the talent sort of shining through. It was nothing like that at all, was it? <laughs> no, it was. The audio quality was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the rest of it was nothing like that. How many people do you think listened to that first one? Well, Andy did the tech for that, so you would have uploaded that. I don't, I don't know we, we could even see how many people saw that, but it would have been in the tens. I don't, I don't know. Did I do the tech for that? Yeah, you did all the tech. You, you picked up, you edited that fantastic um, intro. Did I? Yeah. Did you? Oh, gosh. Wow. I think. Well, I, 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 I'd like to apologise to all of our listeners <laughs> and I'll retract it. <laughs> Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope the listeners enjoyed that because that's, that's obviously something that I literally just found in my iTunes the other day. Um, but yeah, we've come up, Kevin, we've come a long way, haven't we, from, from that 13 years ago, almost to the day. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm welling up, just all the people we need to thank. I'm trying to find a word that doesn't involve uh, a fairground thing that goes up and down yeah. or a journey. It's been a wonderful journey. <laughs> no, we have come. You've done, actually, to be fair, you should both be very proud of yourselves. Because well, somehow kind, you've you. muddled your way through to a quite successful podcast. I know you've, you've, you've you, know, you should be proud of yourself, both of you. Well, I think you've, you, what you've done is produced a pod that, for the most part, reflects the views of fans of goodwill of our wonderful football club. Well, thank you very much. I and, mean, and also, just if you think back to where we were at that first pod and where the club is now, is I don't think any of us would have predicted the situation we're in now without being laughed at. Uh, yeah, well, I'm not implying it's because of you that we've become successful, but yeah, obviously it must be. There's a link somewhere. Cause surely, versus correlation. Yeah, I mean, yeah. exactly. It is. Well, there's, there are lots of people we, we do need to thank, obviously, for the pod. Um, I do. I do it now, basically. We, we need to thank, obviously, Rob, Dom, and Selzy for doing the um, the talking the pa- talking on the patron <laughs> pod, which has been hugely successful, and all our patrons who have you know signed up and supported us. Thank you, thank you very much, um, Jesse Boyce and Richard Foster for doing the uh, uh, the spin-off nostalgia series as well. They've been mm. Jesse for doing all this. Um, graphic design stuff for us over the years, which has been fantastic. Which works really well on a podcast. It does, yeah, it's good to see. <laughs> uh, I've got more thanks. I'll do them in later on. Would you? I, I, got I just th- love to see that. That sums up the pod for me. That Ender's is engrossed in rolling a fag <laughs> and just looks up, chucks a little comment in, gets back to rolling his fag. Perfect. It's, I've missed yeah. that. I really yeah. have missed it. You just don't get Are it. We're going to thank the legacy listeners as well. Our legacy, all of our listeners, of course, yeah. Just no, because if they were listening through pods one through fifty, <laughs> then they really need their heads. Examining. Well, we do like them. We just, we just want to thank them twenty percent less than the uh, than the patrons, <laughs> if that's possible. Obviously, the original pod. I mean, Andy wasn't on it. It was me. It was my brother Seb, a guy called Ben Reynolds, Chris Young, and I think Ed Malian was there as well. So thanks really? to those guys for being <coughs> at the very start. Obviously, um, I've got some more surprises for you guys. Would you like guys like to hear? We've got a message of support. Oh, from now this is. Friend of the pod who hasn't been on the pod yet. We hope that she will come on the pod at some time. But would you like to hear this message of support from a very famous Palace fan? Here we go. Hi there, JD and Streety. Uh, It's Joe Brand here. Pathetically uncommitted Palace fan. Unlike yourselves, congratulations on your 400th episode. Long may you reign. Ta-ta. How nice is that? It's really nice of uh, Joe to mention JD and Streety. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Joe. It's a is, lo- do you know lovely. what? It's a lovely message. And when I spoke to Joe to say, would you mind doing a lovely message? But could you do 
uh, a bit of sarcasm in there as well and maybe just take the piss out of the two of them. She went, no, they've done such a good job, I'm going to do it straight. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, that's a big compliment. It is a big compliment. It's a bit disappointing, but it's a, bit, <laughs> it's a lovely compliment, yeah. Do she think... listens to, Joe listens to the pod, she loves oh, it. Oh, well, thank you, Joe. Do you think she'll come on as a guest at some point? Uh, Joe, Joe would love to come on as a guest at some point. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. Um, right, I've got another message here from Matthew Foote. Oh. oh, how is he? Hello, Matthew. <laughs> Hello, Hi, Matthew. Matthew. Hi, Matthew. <laughs> Matthew says, so I, was, Matthew. I was too busy thinking of foot jokes. I beg your pardon. <laughs> yeah, well, you put Hi, Matthew. Um, um, he says, um, Hey, guys, long time listener of the pod. Just a quick message to say congratulations on 400 episodes. I've loved every single one of them. I've lived in Australia my entire life. Palace fan because of my daddy's from Bromley. So I've only ever been sellers once in 2009 when we beat Blackpool 4 1. So not a bad game to have gone to. Uh, but being able to listen to you every week makes me feel so connected, even living on the other side of the planet. Congratulations again. Can't wait to listen to the next 400. Um, and it's, it's nice to know we've got people listening all over the world. It's mad. No, it's brilliant. It's, it, it is very, it's, it's very comforting because you, we kind of do this in our own little world and the four of us, when I'm here or whoever's doing the pod, you just do it in your, our own little bubble. And I think all four of us around this table now have all been in situations where somebody's come up to us and said, oh, mm. wow, are you, do you do that pod? Actually, maybe it's just the three of us, maybe not Andy Street. <laughs> yeah. he's, yet, he's yet to experience he's that. To experience It'll come that. at some point. I'd like to point out that once I went out with you guys, you probably don't remember this, I think it was the Reading FA Cup match, and someone came up to me, uh, came up to us, sorry, and went, JD, love the pod, Kevin mm. uh, Enders, yeah. Uh, you right, mate? <laughs> <laughs> Thank no, you. But, Thank but, you to that guy. <laughs> no, but it's, it is it is very comforting because you sort of do this in your own little world and we're all here, and but you realise that people around the world, and this is what they, this is one of the things that they, that they listen to to hear about Palace and they can read the reports in all the newspapers online and they can listen to the reports of the, show, uh, the, 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 the games, but when you get like four... For chaps or chapesses around a table talking about it, I think you know it sort of brings it home, and it is, and it's it's kind of comforting, and you know, and long may those people continue listening, and you know, this is the reason why we do it. Well, also it's lovely because he's a Palace fan, isn't it? You know, he's born and brought up in Australia, but because of his dad, he's a Palace fan, and that for every football club all over the every English club all over the world, there's that sort of story, and we're lucky enough to be able to go to every home game and a lot of the away games and there are people all around the world who get up at stupid o'clock in the yeah. morning to watch Palace on telly and feel it as as much as we do and it's and I still think we probably our best night was the night before the FA Cup final when we mentioned a few weeks beforehand that if people are coming over and they don't know anyone here yeah. and about 200 people turned up at that pub and they were all Palace fans all accents from all over the world all had brilliant stories for why they were Palace fans some of them it was their first game there's one American chap who brought his mum over to experience it all so it's, it's very emotional and it's, you know, we know we're a special club mm. and we know of course I, I say we've got other clubs have fans all over the world but they, they won't be as good as us no of course not <laughs> well, a couple from that who had flown in from Texas and they'd literally come straight from the airport to, straight to the, to the pub, the pub exactly. yeah, yeah, or yeah. anything which is fantastic yeah. um, listen a few more thank yous to do um, thanks to Steve Browett of course, being an absolute legend and helping yeah. us out so much during during the years and supplying us with some very high quality wine. Troy Townsend, he's been a great guest, and you know we yeah. love having Troy on. We John, miss we miss Andros. We miss we do miss Andros. <laughs> Troy's going to hopefully come on again in the next few weeks as well. So it'll be great to have him on. John Curran, 
Oh, I geez. will. I will, exactly. I will. And all of us, you know, we have it in the last... And happy birthday, JC. Happy birthday, JC. Yeah, yeah. The big 5-0 recently. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, sorry, the big... Well, for some, some of us, it's the small 5-0. <laughs> 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 Ultimate 5-0 again. <laughs> Those were the days, weren't they? Oh, I all remember right. the 5-0. <laughs> <laughs> I should say as well, like, we have obviously expanded our pod squad in recent years as well, and being on Zoom has helped us yeah, do that. Yeah. So thanks to the likes of Jack Pierce, Chloe Petz, Joe Walker, Grace Matheson, Steph Fuller, Ben Long, you know, people that have really stepped in and made our pod even better by coming on. So we appreciate Sorry, everyone. Better. <laughs> um, gone from strength, strength to strength. Different, the, different, yeah, yeah, yeah. Differently good. Differently yeah. good. Differently, differently good. good. <laughs> yeah, and also talking to Steph, the, the Palace and Proud statement uh, around Newcastle on Saturday was brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Really good. Well, we're going to talk about Newcastle in part two, so we have got a lot of questions about it. Before I do that, uh, last bit on pod 400, um, a question from Paulie Mantel. Hi, Hi Paulie. Paulie. Where will Palace be in 400 pods time? Congratulations on 400th pod. I'll come to Andy for this. What, what do you reckon? Uh, probably mid-table in the championship. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll come to someone more upbeat. Uh, Kevin, what do you think of that? <coughs> the Champions League, surely. If, if, we've, if we keep up the rate of progression we've had since we first started the pod, it's, it's got this, you know, everything's going upwards. There's no, yeah. there's no other direction than up, is there? No. If, no, we, sure, sure, yeah. sure. if we stop this pod, <laughs> Palace will surely get relegated. Whoever, where, wherever we are in 13 years' time, I predict that Steve Parrish will still be chairman. Yeah. Well, <laughs> whoever, whatever happens, Steve Parrish will still be chairman. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah, I would actually be happy with that. Yeah. Enders, where do you reckon? 400 pods time. I which, mean, which, hang on, let me work out, will be another yeah, t- 10, 11, 12 years. I time. imagine we, either us or somebody else, whoever's doing this podcast, will be going... Typical palace this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, the robot replicants will be the guests. Yeah. <laughs> Producing this via AI will have realised that all they need to say is typical palace as part one and then uh, go to the break. Speaking I've, of actually, like, I've actually got a typical palace t shirt yeah. that says typical palace on the front of it and I, and I wear it out and uh, I get a few nods of approval. <laughs> so I'll just let you know. And that merchandise is available to all our <laughs> listeners 20% pro, off for the pro. patrons at patreon.com forward slash FOP podcast. It could be your hair that's getting the nod of approval Maybe. as you walk around St. Leonard's, <laughs> where most yeah. of the people are grey haired, obviously. They just think <laughs> most of the population, yeah, look at that man, he's got coloured hair. He's oh, coloured hair, mate. And look at him, he looks youthful. He looks like a palace fan. <laughs> Um, let's take a quick break uh, and when we come back we'll stop uh, self-indulging and we'll talk about um, Newcastle this week we are supported by Manscaped the best in men's below the waist grooming don't leave your downstairs looking like Jed and Axe beard Keep it as smooth as AJ's head with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code FYP20. Now, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 comes with their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents downstairs, uh, thanks to their advanced skin safe technology and a 4000K LED spotlight. I don't know if that's good or bad. It sounds a lot and it does work. I've used it. Plus, it's waterproof, so ideal for trimming in the shower. The Performance Package also comes with a Weed Whacker. Great name. Sounds like a wrestling name. Um, It's an ear and nose hair trimmer, which I can personally vouch for, um, which has a 9,000 RPM 
motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Try saying that after a few in the portions. Um, to provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Uh, you'll also get a crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, and two free gifts in their performance package 4.0. The Manscaped boxers, um, which I actually wear to play football in. They're excellent. Um, and yeah. uh, the Shed travel bag, which is very lovely as well. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code FYP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code FYP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Um, they've sent you some as well, haven't you? You're a big fan of Manscaped. Yeah, yeah, no, I, it's a massive box. And uh, I'm of a certain age where my hair stopped growing on top. It's coming out of my ears, my nose, like, a, you know, a flowing stream. So I found it very useful. I'm great that it's 4,600 RPM or whatever it is, because that really helps. I'm very happy with my Manscaped products. And... Um, I've been whooping around the house ever since. <laughs> Fantastic. It's, they're really, really good quality. They are good. Very no, I, I would endorse them fully. Fantastic. Right. So, uh, manscaped.com, 20% off and free shipping with FYP to your code. Get involved now. Welcome back to the Fabi Pan 400 podcast. Yay! 400! 400 podcasts. And before we talk about Newcastle, which we're doing aided by The Athletic, our sponsors this week, would you like another message of support? Always. For a random yeah, yeah, palace person. Yeah. You might recognise this voice. Again, not been on the pod. We hope they might at some point, but here we go. Hi, guys. I've been told that you have reached your 400 podcast. So I would like to say thank you very much for your support. And congratulate you for reaching 400. Oh, fantastic. Oh, wow. wow, brilliant. Wow. A tear to my eye. There you go. Excellent. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Endorsed by the gaffer himself. So, that's fantastic. Wow. Amazing. Thank you very much to you, uh, Patrick, Patrick Vieira for that. Lovely. Oh, that was Patrick Vieira. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think it was? Cedric Carasso. Just a random French guy. I mean, did street. you think that, JD, when you, when you were walking about Nottingham with your Fisher Price recorder in 2008, that uh, come 13 years later, Patrick Vieira would be sending you a congratulations message? I did. It was the plan. Podcast. Yes, yeah, it was well the done. plan. Well done. Perfect. That's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. That's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Isn't it? That's that's really generally made me quite yeah. a moment. That is really yeah. good. That's well, very yeah. good. That is. Uh, it's not yeah. quite as good as his message before the marathon march. <laughs> Which is that variety. 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 Um, that's yeah. lovely. It was. I, we should say what we didn't say on the on the what's it last week's pod after the march. The pod Brighty, 399. 399. <laughs> the Brighty obviously was on the march yeah. and um, was keeping spirits high, wasn't he? So a big shout out to Brighty. He's yeah, fifth in was, the row. He was about yeah, yeah. finished about two hours before we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a fit guy. But uh, yeah, we, we we all love Brighty on this pod. Um, should we talk about Newcastle? A one-all draw for Palace. Um, yeah. Before we do that, I do need to remind people, we are sponsored by The Athletic this week, who we love, of course, bringing you every football story that matters. The Athletic is home to the best collection of football reporters, storytellers, and analysis in the world, from breaking club news to exclusive interviews, oh, that rhymes, uh, to brilliant features and tactical analysis, that doesn't rhyme. The Athletic is football news you can trust and football writing you can feel. Uh, get all access to exclusive stories ad-free. And if you go to theathletic.com slash FYP, that's theathletic.com slash FYP, you can get 50% off your annual subscription to The Athletic. That is just 30 quid a year for sports journalism that brings you closer to the action. Speaking of which, this week's article is called Palace Must Start Turning Pressure and Possession into Points by Matt Woosnam. Here's a section from that um, after that one-on-draw with Newcastle. Um, Palace have not up to now been wasteful in front of goal. 
Um, okay. Um, yes, Jordan and I. <laughs> no, I'm, um, I'm surprised by this. Jordan and I, you missed a crucial chance to double the lead uh, in the draw at Brighton. Yes, we talked about that. And yes, Benteke's touch narrowed the angle, causing him to shoot wide. Yes, similar chance with only Cardolo to beat in the second half of the draw in Newcastle. But they have converted 41% of their 29 shots on target, target according to Alter. Only Chelsea have a better record. Mm. That said, they rank lowly for other attacking metrics. Stats via. Fibref, oh, stats bomb. Oh my god, I'm so out of the loop. Um, show that only Norwich 19 have fewer attempts on target than Palace's 25. Their 98 total shots put them joint 17th shots per 90th minute, 19th. Uh, I can see Street getting a hard on in the corner. Um, shots per target per 90, 2.75, and the expected goals target of 8.4 ranks them in 17th. Okay, um, Kevin, I'm not brilliant in numbers, but it sounds like um, shot conversion good, shot creating bad and that seems like something that's sort of been a, a trend for us for a while how long you were in the rubber spoons for <laughs> beforehand i got i got that out just about it's just, it was, um, i mean matt's article is is very good it goes on to talk about a lot of things the way we're playing and the frustration of not getting the results we deserve I've, i actually found it quite a difficult game to watch on saturday i have to say because we were so was it seventy five percent possession? Yeah, highest ever. Record, yeah. Four Palace players broke the previous record for the amount of passes ever by a Palace player in one game. Three of them were in the the back four. Um, it was I, I. I still wonder whether the Newcastle standing coach did a number on us <laughs> and looked at us against Arsenal and went, "Well, they've scored their two goals by winning possession high up the pitch. If they've got the ball all the time." they can't win possession of us high up the pitch. And it's like we couldn't work that conundrum out somehow. It's like we had so much of the ball, but so much of it was narrow. And it's one of those odd games. Do you know what I think? we, If we still had it, Patrick Van Arnold would have won that game for us. Just oddly, I thought, with hindsight, I thought Schluppy maybe should have started. We just needed someone on that left-hand side to drive forward. When we did get crosses in, they were effective. It's just... It's like we had so much of the ball, but and we've, we're a much better team. Well, of course we are. We're a mu- we deserve to win on on Saturday, now, and for so many moral reasons, I wish we had. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting that Patrick Vieira said he wasn't worried about the defending from the corner because it was such a good finish. But it's still another goal from a set piece. But if there's again, I think if as if. Eze was playing, I think we would maybe win that game. We just needed someone in midfield. We just lacked that killer, that killer pass. Sometimes energy is not enough. Sometimes just buzzing around with the ball isn't quite enough. You need someone just to put their foot in it and find a pass. And we just couldn't quite unlock the conundrum. It's a shame because it, it is the first time this season we played a team below us. Because mm. even the first game of the season, Chelsea were above us alphabetically. And I think we all thought this is going to be the first sort of test of what we like and we were yeah we were so much the better team but we just couldn't find it was odd that Vieira spent Friday talking about Wilf and then he didn't mm. didn't start but again it's another you you, you you kind of come away you take like the Arsenal game it takes two hours to shake off the frustration and then you start thinking about the positives rather than the the negatives Newcastle beat us last season when we were marginally the better team, when somehow both teams had 35% of possessions, I know that worked, but that's how it, that's how it seemed. But it's like we are, it's like Matt's article said, we are without a doubt so much better to watch. The atmosphere is so much better. But 
there are still one or two Palace fans who rightly point out, you know, somebody called them Roy, Roy Mainers, who rightly pointed out that we're actually we're not, <laughs> we're not actually, actually love that. we're not actually getting that many that many more points than we have we've had. Well, this time last season, yeah. let's assume that Peter Hostackney is a Roy Mainer because he says uh, nine games in, one win. Should we be worried? I mean, Andy, if, if you take away thirty seconds against Brighton, that's a win. If you take away thirty seconds against Arsenal, that's a win. We're in a much better situation. There are more positives, surely. But as Peter says, nine games in, one win. Should we be worried? I think there's some very clear themes developing, aren't there? And I think the set piece thing, you know, Patrick Vieira does have a point that the the Wilson finish is exceptionally good and probably slightly out of the ordinary. But there was a chance in the first half from the uh, set piece out wide Mm. that Newcastle end up nearly converting at the far post. That again is just a lack of organisation from the second phase or the second ball in set pieces that Palace aren't doing all that well with. So that's, that's one thing. The other theme is having an awful lot of the ball and looking good with it and being aggressive high up the pitch, but not usually creating as much as you would hope that we would. And the third theme is that even when we do create stuff, we're not really putting stuff away. I mean, you look at Saturday, Palace actually did create more than they have done in previous matches. Um, there were more shots. The, the Benteke chance is kind of emblematic of that. Um, but, but uh, you know, it's, it's very trite and obvious to say it, but if, if you keep not winning football matches, you will end up in trouble. Mm. Um, you, you, it, it's all very well dominating the ball in the way that we did, and the performances are good. You know, that, that we're playing good football, and we are doing well in the right areas of the pitch. But until those sloppy errors in terms of defending set pieces mm. are cut out, and until we start creating more chances and putting away the chances that we do create, then... There would arguably, I, I would say, be more games like the last few where you're not getting the results that you deserve. And that, that, the more that drags on, the, the concern, I guess, will be will the heads in the, in the squad start to drop? Will they start kind of thinking, well, we're doing all this. We're, we're having 80% possession against teams that were cl- clearly better than we're dominating the game against them. We're creating stuff, but we're still not winning. Is there going to be a point at which that then creates a, a diminishment in the morale of the team yeah, hopefully not you know if, if they keep their heads up I think the wins are going to come because mm. it's, it's a good team it's, it's a younger team it's a faster team mm. it's a more exciting team it's good to watch you know I watched it from home because uh, I wasn't all that well on Saturday and there were times when under Roy if I was watching a match from home <laughs> frankly I kind of you know go through emotions not really watch it properly be on my phone be walking around making a cup of tea not really paying much attention watching it because I felt some sort of obligation to do so. Whereas the one on Saturday, I was like, you know, pretty engrossed in it. It was a good match, but that we do have to start converting those into, into wins. Cause you can't go 15 games with that sort of win ratio. You can't go 20 games. Cause otherwise you start talking about, are we that type of team that's too good to go down, but is in a relegation dogfight. Well, 30, 38 yeah. points, 38 points would keep us up, which is what we're but it doesn't give a lot of margin for error. It doesn't. Well, well, last year, I mean, the only slight worry is like last year, Fulham, West Brom, uh, who was uh, Sheffield United. Yeah. Two of those three were fairly doomed almost from the start of the season, and Norwich are definitely going. Mm-hmm. You kind of think, well, we will get more points off the of Norwich. Watford, that was a fluke win against Everton. I think Brentford will come back to the pack. So it's it's not a concern. It's a frustration more than anything, Enders, isn't it? It's, but it's just like we just didn't seem to know. It was such a different situation from. Yeah, I remember the, not, you know, seven of that squad are still Roy leftovers from Roy it's a situation where they would never have had that 
they've never had 75% possession before. And that's just why I just think maybe if Sloppy started on the left or somebody like Van Arnold, who would have driven forward, would have got down both flanks. Because again, Elise was, was great getting mm. down one side, but and Mitchell gets across it, but it's, it, it's just, it just... It's a very weird situation, Kev. You know, it's a very weird situation, the fact that here we are, and it's ironic that we're on the like the 400th pod and we've been talking about Palace for 400 pods. And, you know, here we are, like, nine games into the season with, you know, the amount of points we've got and only one win and loads of draws. And normally we'd be like, we would be worried. Mm. We would be worried. We'd be like, oh, is this going to count? But we all know, the forwards around this table and the people who are listening know that we are playing some of the best football yeah, 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 we yeah. have played yeah. in many, yeah. many a year. And the feel-good factor around that club at the moment is higher than it's been for yeah. a long, long time. And that can't be taken away from it. Mm. It can't be taken away from it at all. Of course, we, of course we want those wins. We want those one points to go into the three points. And you look at the Arsenal, you look at the, the Brighton games, and you, of course we should be maybe four points where we aren't. Than what we've got more than we've got now, but my whole thing is, it's like what we've got at the moment. We've got something that we've not had for a long, long time. We've got a very exciting team, a very young team, a forward-looking team. We've got a manager who's prepared to do stuff that we've not had for many, many a year. Yes, the results are not coming at the moment, but we've all been through this before as Palace fans. Everybody listening and every around this table, I say it again: we've all been through this. This is going to be a good season. Yeah. This is yeah. going to be a good season, and we as supporters have got to keep that positivity, and we will do. I don't think any Palace fan has got their heads down, going, "Oh my God, we're going to get relegation. We're going to get relegation." We're looking. What we're doing now, we're looking at minor points. Mm. We're looking at yeah, we need a little bit more, a little bit more of a clinical finish. We need like creative in uh, midfield. Eze's got to come back. Yes, we will get. We will need use. to be more. Yeah, yeah. We need to be more clinical in, in front of goal. But even even saying that, Benteke is actually scoring this season. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and he hasn't been before. You know, I think you know. I think we're in a really great position. We you, you look at the table and you look at the stats. Then maybe you think, ooh, and maybe under Roy, maybe two or three years ago, we would be worried. I don't think. You know, let's be positive because I think this is a. Re, this is. I'm not saying this is a golden age. For Palace, it's far from that at the moment, but we're on the verge of something that is really, really exciting. We've got some great players. The youngsters are coming through. Patrick Vieira seems to be playing it. He's playing the type of football we've wanted to see at Palace for many, many a year. Mm. You know, and I just think you know we should we should embrace it. Yes, I don't think we should get worried just now, but of course, being Palace fans. We're always looking over our shoulder. We're slightly worried what may happen, but I, you know, I'm I'm really I'm very enthused. And ironically, it's the first time in thirty years that I've not had a season ticket. So maybe I should never buy a season ticket again. <laughs> also, a, a, a lot of people have pointed out in the in the press and just on social media that you know we're drawing games we should have won, whereas before we were losing. We were games losing games which we should have drawn. Uh, yeah, exactly. We were losing games we should have drawn. Yeah, exactly. And it 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 does seem like we're. You know, we've still got players to come back in. There's a transfer window to come. I, I, I think you know, I had quite a few Arsenal fans apologising to me after that game. So like <laughs> people are acknowledging how well yeah. we're playing. And the thing is, you the results are what they are. But you can't. It's not a fluke the way we're playing. It's like after no. that second half at West Ham, you come away thinking, "Well, that was great. Can we keep that up?" And then Tottenham, you think, "Oh, okay." Yeah, and yeah, still, we still only played one team. Remember that were below it. Brentford. Yeah, that was a disappointing point. But Brentford since then have done really well. So, Kev, Kev you yeah. know what it is? It's like we always say. People say in the media and fans, 
football is all, all about results. It's always all about results. It's all about results. It's not just about right. results. It's not. It's not just about results. It's about the way your team is playing. Yeah. It's yeah. about, and you know, as fans of a football club, whatever football club it is, if you're a Man United fan right now, you would not be happy. Mm. You, you may be in the top half of the table, the top 10 of the table, yeah, yeah, but yeah. you are not happy. Yeah. You are not happy. And not just because of the Liverpool result, but you are not happy. Your team is not playing well. Yeah. You know, yeah. but we we are a few places below them, but we are playing well, and that's it's not just about I, results. I, being a football. I genuinely can't remember a time when we've actually looked forward to going to the ground. Yeah, I feel the same. Yeah, and I know the first couple of games we we had to leave early to get in, but <laughs> but generally it's like no, let's go, let's get to the ground. It's like you really look forward to, to, I'm, to I'm seeing feeling. Palace play, and it's like even even with the results, you come away thinking, well, that wasn't fair, but wow, crikey, we play some good football. Yeah. yeah, I'm feeling the most relaxed I've felt watching yeah. Palace for a long time. Even 2-0 down at home to Leicester, I knew that they would do yeah. something in the second half, even if they didn't come back to level terms. Yeah. And actually, Selzy made a really good point on the, the post-match pod this week, Andy, saying, when was the last time we've seen Palace play so consistently at the same level? Since that yeah. second half of West Ham, yeah. they've been consistently yeah. good. And that doesn't happen at Palace. Um, and in fact, A. Bennett, one of our listeners, hey. hello, A. Hi, A. Says, I can honestly say that Palace have been the better team for all their games, other than Chelsea and Liverpool. So they should be top six. All it takes is a tweak. He put, the question is, what is that tweak? Well, if I knew that, I'd be <laughs> millions of pounds a year as a football manager, which I didn't know. Um, but is that, the, is that consistency point from Selzy? Uh, yeah, uh, see, I, I, I think he's right. I, I, I spoke with him earlier today and he, he made the point, which is quite stark. And I probably agree with it. That When you look at it, of, of what I've seen in the Premier League so far this season, obviously you've got the top three who are sensational. Um, but... Beyond them, you know, there's not really anyone playing better football than us that I've seen in terms of just consistent level of performance. And that does bode very well. Like since that West, but the, the first couple of games weren't great or the first game and a half weren't great. But yeah, from that West Ham second half onwards, the manner in which that we're winning the ball aggressively high up the pitch, creating at the very least, uh, not necessarily clear cut opportunities, but just... Uh, something that could go towards being a clear-cut opportunity by having the ball higher up the pitch in the way that we never used to and the way in which we're stringing past together. I mean, like, how many times have we seen it over the last, you know, even eight to ten years, I guess, where you have a, a really good palace match, you go, that's great. And then the next match can't string yeah. a pass yeah, together. Yeah, you go, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, my yeah, gosh, yeah. what was I watching in the last match? And the one that really sticks yeah. in my mind is, like, uh, um, I think we were potting around this time, that the... the Darren Ambrose go up at Old Trafford, and I think the next game we played against Derby at home, and it was a one-one draw. But we're like, we were just absolutely terrible. And there's always been that really weird variance with Palace. And so far this season, I think it's right that you know it's been at a consistently really good level. If, if that continues, then that bodes really well because the wins will come, the opportunities well, will come because that just, understanding from those sorts of good young players will yeah. develop and they will start creating think, more opportunities. I, just, I think Andy, I think you know, here we are celebrating the four hundredth podcast of FYP which is going for 13 years and we look back over the 13 years on the 400 podcasts and there's very few times in that period where we've been this consistently good you know I mean we've had better games we've played better maybe individually but over a stretch of time and you know when that that team goes out at the weekend, you know, and the following week and the following week, you kind of know what you're getting. You're getting a, an exciting team. And it is going to click. It's going to click. It's definitely going to click. Well, you can either be, Kevin, you can either be glass half full, glass half empty and be like, okay, one, one win in nine, that's something to worry about. Or as Enders says, or Nanny says, 
consistently good performances, it will happen at some point. I think if you just looked at the results without being at the games, then you would probably would be a glass half full person. Yeah. But then you have to again look at the opposition, and we have for the most part played. We went four games running where we played a team who were either top of the table, who would have gone top of the table if they'd beaten us, and that included Brighton. I, and I think what was indicative of how well we've progressed is like Gallagher. It's probably his least good game for us. He's probably had a seven rather than a nine on Saturday, and that kind of stands out because you because. Yeah. But that that's as the, the, the parameter of consistent thing is that's how tight it is. Yeah, and, and there are you know, there are people talking about you know, whether Luca is the right person as well. It's, it's, it's getting that balance with the other players around Gallagher. Is is difficult, and I think both Luca and McCarthy was probably lucky not to get sent off against Arsenal. Luca, I think, probably got away with one early on against Newcastle on Saturday. I have to say as well, it was we didn't we didn't uh, draw that game because of the referee, but that was one of the poorest referee performances I had I've seen. About that for part he four. was yeah. shocking. Yeah, not deliberately, but it was a. But no, but he was. But a serious, yep. he, yeah, he was. Um, <laughs> that was a. I thought that was a very poor, a very poor performance by the referee, and it didn't help any any kind of um, rhythm that we we got into. And it was it was a strange, old fashioned. But but it's there. But again, I think the fans are really. But you know, the fans are clearly buying into it. Vieira just seems to fit, and also what I like about Vieira as well is that he's honest. Arthur, he doesn't. Yeah, we've had a succession of managers who seem to be talking about a different game afterwards. And you look at the players; they seem to be buying into it. And we've still got, like, say, we've got players to come back in. We've got Eze, we've got Will Hughes, we've got a window to come. You know, and I think it will be a typical Palace. We're going to play really badly soon, and just batter, and batter, and, <laughs> yeah. and we're just going to batter someone. Yeah. yeah. What I like yeah. about Vieira is he spends his time messaging the best Palace podcasts around. To he does, answer. but you know what I mean. He but he just, well. he just seems. It's it's a. I can't remember a time when you just kind of feel. You're always proud of your manager because he's your manager at the time, but he just seems to get. Well, I mean, even that simple thing like that message is like he may not have a clue who we are, but he read it. In a genuine way, yeah, he understood that it was important to read it. Out. But you know what I mean? But he just yeah. seems to get, he just yeah. seems to get it, and he he he, he seems to, he's the right fit for our club at the moment. I just think like, you know, yeah. this is the first time I've been on the pod since uh, we appointed Vieira as manager, and you know, it was it's uh, I think it's a real testament to the club to get somebody of his stature, and even though his managerial record was nothing to shout home about, but as a player. As a player, I mean, even though, you know, we're not Arsenal fans, we all understood what a great player Vieira was and what a leader he was. Mm. And, you know, it's nice. And it's and to get somebody of that stature to come to us, obviously we know he's going to end up managing Arsenal. We all know it. But, you know, I don't really care. I don't really care because I think he's... I think he genuinely... Would he want to take a step down? Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you, uh, saw, you saw his reaction when Arsenal got that last... Right. Week, and I'm, I'm sure you spoke about this. When, you know, and it was genuinely, you know, genuinely just like... Ugh. And I think, you know, he's, he's there. He's there. He's a student of the managerial game and he's learning his craft and he's learning it through being at Palace. He's got a group of people from the board down to the players who are giving him that platform to learn. And as, as, a, as supporters, we are giving him that platform to learn. And yes, we, you know, we may only have one win this season, but we all know that he's doing the right thing for the club. And yes, we all know. We're not stupid. We know he's going to go into bigger and better things. 
But at the moment, he's our manager, and I think he's doing everything he can, yeah. and I think we should applaud that. And we also know that the, the reason we haven't got those wins is simple errors. It's oh, like if Gay had exactly. not pulled that exactly. d- defender shirt, that goal would have stood. Yeah. It's not like we it's are like, scraping draws. No, we are being no, unlucky no. not to get wins. And also, I know we mentioned things. this before, but it's so the only time the media have ever praised us in the last six or seven years is because of the atmosphere. That's all you ever get. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll talk about you know, competent, well organised. Even though last year we conceded, I think the second highest number of goals in the division, and there's still this uh, this myth that we're competent, well organised. But it's it's brilliant to hear people rave about us this season. To hear Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville, Jermaine Jennings and Alan Shearer talk about I mean, how much they enjoy watching us play football. Kev, that is a little bit because Patrick Vieira is a media darling. <laughs> I, I think that's yes. a fair point. You know, he is a media darling yeah. and you've got your Gary Neville's and your Carragher's yeah. and your Gary Lineker's and your Shearer's and your Jermaine Jennings and all that lot. Oh, Will, because they all love Patrick Vieira. They're all his mate and they all go out and drink wine with him in nice restaurants in Soho and that's absolutely fine. That's absolutely, but at the same point, at the same time, they're right. They're right. Yeah, they're yeah, actually yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. actually right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, should we move on? Uh, let's move on to part three. Um, but before we do that, of course, I need to remind you, you can go to theathletic.com, theathletic.com, get it out, Jim, um, slash FYP. That's theathletic.com slash FYP. Get it out, Jim. Get it out, Jim. That Belgian beer is very strong. <laughs> hell. Um, for 50% off your annual subscription to The Athletic, I'm going to stop drinking that, but that's 30 quid a year for sports journalism that brings you closer to the action. I'm going to take a break, uh, and afterwards we'll come back with our winners and losers. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Um, hello, welcome back to the 400th Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey! hey. It's time back for part three, where we split between our patrons and our oh, legacy fans, really? who we love just 20% less, um, where we play <laughs> winners and losers just for our patrons. Um, before we do that, would you like another message of support? Yes, yeah, of course, of course. You might recognise this voice. Hello, boys. It's Steve Browett here. Um, I wanted to congratulate you on your 400th pod. It's a fantastic achievement. Well done. I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to every single one of them over the years and uh, looking forward to many more. Up the palace. Cheers. 
Oh, slightly embarrassed he listened to the first ever episode, but uh, no, I don't think he really did actually. No, <laughs> no. He's just saying that. But thank you, Steve. Well, and Steve's been such a huge help to us over the years. Yeah. He's been a great, and he's the nicest man in football. He is yeah, one of the, the nicest, nicest man in football. And we should have invited him tonight to the pod because the wine would have been much better than it would have been. And the, do you remember the, what happened on the 250th pod when he came round? Did he bring like some Jeroboam? And and, and Bex brought a cake as well. I do remember that. I remember also the the one before the playoff final. Oh, well, we had all those wines uh, from all the years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember that. That made it onto the. Yeah. <laughs> is that the one that made it onto the Amazon Prime documentary? Yes. Well, oh, yes, one it was. Of the few, yeah. Well, the bit they didn't show on the Amazon Prime documentary was Enders getting really cross with uh, Steve Barrett's mate who sported Man United. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was a cup final. I was at a cup. What they didn't show on the playoff one is yeah. me leaving all the polyquin in the back of the taxi because yeah. I was so drunk on, oh, really? on Steve's wine. I was at the playoff of the so I remember Enders said, "No disrespect, mate." Yeah. Which, when Enders says no disrespect you go oh Christ oh, <laughs> anyway let, let's crack on we are going to split the pod here so if you're on the patron feed you're going to hear our winners and losers if you're a legacy fan you'll hear a clip from the pod extra but you can hear our winners and losers and the full pod extra um, at patreon.com forward slash FAP podcast so let's make that split now I think what I was going to say to you is that we've got a bit of a problem now, a nice problem, in probably the problem that fans of big clubs have, where they've got lots of good players and only 11 of them can play at a time. So you were talking about changing things or altering things, not necessarily because this bloke's doing really poorly or whatever, it's just a a way of winning the game on that particular day. You know, and I I just, I felt at half-time even that, if we'd have gone Wilfred, Edward, Elise, Benteke, I think we might have put them away. But again, we'll never know. Do you know what I mean? It, it, your point there about about having a good squad, a good first team, and a, a yeah. good bench. We didn't even really consider the fact that Wilf was on the subs bench. Yeah. You know that that is an indicator of just how strong that first team now is. Yeah. That they can that we can afford to have our best player. That we've probably one of our be- the best players we've ever had sitting on the bench. Like I mean, and and undoubtedly still fit. I mean, the idea that you know, there's this idea that he's that maybe it was it's a gradual reintroduction. But he 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 trained all week. I think I don't think there was any he came issue. In actually, on the Monday that we played Arsenal, so I think he's been there all week. Right, but I think but, that's that's quite a big moment. In I I I, I think we'll look back on that as the moment that 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 Vieira almost has now suggested to the world that we no longer rely on Wilfred Zaha and that we have enough options and he may be he oh, may but we didn't win we didn't win <laughs> yeah well you know I, I, I'm not saying that he's right on it but but that is a if that's a tactical decision and the suggestion was it that it probably was a tactical decision then he's saying that he's got faith in Elise in Edouard too to maintain the form that he showed at Arsenal was excellent again today uh, and in Benteke up top and uh, look, it's it's not necessarily the right decision, but I still think it's a big moment because that would have been unthinkable any of the last four or five years, really. Going back to maybe Alan Pardew's first season in charge, where Wolf wasn't a regular in no, the in the Alan team. He did come off the bench, didn't he? Did he come off the bench at Anfield when we beat them three one that day? Didn't he? Yeah, I was going to say. I think it's important that 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 happens as well, though, because I think for Wolf it has to be 
Th- Wilf needs competition. Mm. You know, this, we've, I think for too long we've spent... And Wilf is a wonderful, wonderful player, but for too long we spent him being in the team because we can't possibly not have him in the team. Whereas now... And that, that in itself then creates this scenario where he could probably put in a bit of a, a less committed performance or not try as hard and we'd still love him for it but you know you could kind of there, there, there were times last season and the previous season as well where you thought mm, he could have probably could have done a little bit more could have put a bit more effort in could have tried a bit harder but this is this is what competition does it basically it means that players like Benteke can't really rest on their laurels because you've got Edouard there. You've you've got, you know, midfielders like MacArthur having to step his game up because Hughes is on the on on the outskirts. You've got Wilf having to kind of compete against other players for, for team positions. This is a positive thing. And again, today I didn't think up until Wilf came on, I don't think we looked like we were missing him that much, really. I would have loved to have seen Wilf and Zaha run at Matt Ritchie though. Yeah. If I'm honest, I, yeah. I, I think that was a that was the risk. I mean, at least they did very very well on that side, um, and put in that wonderful cross for for Benteke first half. But he is cutting back, and that that goes back to that whole sort of slightly slowing the play down element to it all. I, I, it would that that will happen. There will be a point in the weeks to come where the front three. Is Elise Zaha and, and Edouard, it's fluid, or Elise Zaha and Benteke. I, I like having Elise and Benteke on the same pitch at the same time because he is our best crosser of the ball. Although I have to say Mitchell is starting to, yeah. to challenge him because he's he's putting in some good balls from the from the left. But you, you need that supply line for Benteke. And I mean eight, nine times out of ten he buries that first half header. Very difficult, Dom, to think that anyone had a very bad game, quite oh. honestly. You can't look at any individual performance and go, oh, you let us down. Um, it's been like that for a while. Yeah, it, I it? mean, I, I, I said to you before, what was pleased about with Patrick Vieira in the beginning was that he hadn't been duped by anything or anybody, as in he kind of seen something that, you know, that isn't really there or, or you know, he seemed to have a good measure of the players he inherited quite quickly, I would say, or a or, or good feel for them. But I, I'd said to you that I thought we'd been a bit over-loyal to Jordan Ayew, so, you know, I was pleased today that he gave Elise his go, but, but ironically, after Jordan Ayew turned in half-decent display mm. at Arsenal the other yeah. night. But, you know, I think perhaps, you know, if you've got a squad of talented players, you're going to rotate a few players anyway, and it isn't only going to be about bad form or whatever that's going to stop things. And we've got proper competition for places. You've got Eze and Ferguson to come back now as well. It makes it a bit interesting to see who's going to, you know, force their way in or or find a way through because there's no doubt Ferguson, and I'm told from everyone that's seen him up close, he's a very, very, very good player. But Wardy's not doing too bad, is he, at the mm. moment? He's not letting anybody down. and I mean, he doesn't get forward too much, but I'd have to say defensively he's been pretty, pretty sound, you know, and he was again today. So I think it's hard to point the finger at any player and say, you didn't do your job. You know, you can argue that they had one meaningful attempt on target and you can say, well, the goalie didn't stop it, but... No goalie stopping no. that, are they? A scissor kick in the top corner from 10 yards or whatever it was. 
and so again it didn't it didn't make any any sort of it's very hard to say that something that somebody did would have uh, you know stopped us winning the game even really i just thought the substitutions made us a bit disjointed and we didn't find that same rhythm or that same flair um but again you're coming away saying it was a great game we've done very very well but we haven't won and that's just the the bit that you know you can say you're unlucky once or twice but we've done it quite a few times now so you start to go is this right or not i think the thing that is reassuring is that despite that frustration of newcastle equalizing and despite them kind of having that little a, a bit of a positive spell in the immediate aftermath we didn't crumble you know we didn't we've we i think we've we showed a spirit we showed a composure that that after a while you're, you're right in terms of the actual performance in terms of what happened when the it substitutes we didn't came collapse, do you know exactly. what i mean but we just didn't attack with that same you know continual i mean up until that point it was just wave after wave like you say recycle the ball go again recycle mm. the ball go again and you're thinking you know we're we're so well, good it felt I like mean, it was only a matter of yeah, time it's brilliant to watch you know and it's very enjoyable but you need to to you know the best team don't always win just the one that yeah. scores the most goals you know and that's the reality of the game you know you can be the best team but someone scores a wonder goal like they did today as I've, I've said this a few times, when we beat Manchester City at the Etihad a couple of years ago, a few years ago, you know, we've scored a goal from 22 yards with the first shot on target, one from about 30 on the volley, which is about a one in a million, with the second shot on target. And the third shot on target was a penalty, which Luca put away, and we won the game 3-2, and they had 19 shots on target or something ridiculous. We're going to see so, the same again next week, aren't yes, we, Dom? we'll take that. Um, if you've uh, listened on the public feed and you want to hear our winners and losers, go to patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast and you can hear that and full pod extras at the same time. Um, quick break now. When we come back, questions. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Five-year plan, four hundredth podcast. Hey, 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 we're still here. Landmark, landmark. Um, four hundred. 
Two it's, of us need to go to bed soon. It's <laughs> yeah, there's a two of us with young me. children. <laughs> um, right, before we get on to questions, would you like to hear my, my final surprise for you? Yes. yes. Yeah, of course. I think it's the best one so far. Oh, it's the best oh, one. Oh. So here you go. Here is another message from a familiar person. To Jim, Kevin, Andy, James and Rob and all the guys at FYP Crystal Palace Podcast. Congratulations on episode number 400. It's Milo Jedinak here. I remember when I was on the show way back when, to see that you've gone on from strength to strength is amazing. Keep up the good work, enjoy the celebration, and here's to 400 more. There you go, Wow. What a guy. Wow, wow. I'm surprised you remembered me. <laughs> I'm surprised I could forget you. I'm completely honest. I'm not surprised you remembered you. <laughs> There's a big picture of you on his front door. Oh, <laughs> wow. What a top man. Thank you, oh, Jedi, for that message. We wow. really appreciate it. And all the messages tonight. It's been lovely it's been, to hear from people. We, we love it. Um, best, right. Best ever, I think, player guest. Jedna, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jedna, that's a great. Yeah. Let's hope none of the others are listening. But <laughs> <laughs> no, sure but he was because um, it's only four days before the playoff final, wasn't it? Well, it was, and then was same for the cup final. Yeah, it's before the semi, I think. Yeah. Semi, yeah. Truly, I hate the word inspirational, but he was yeah. truly when he was talking about his background and yeah. and because remember Steve Brower had sourced a bottle of wine from him from the valley in Australia from the year he was born and it turned out Mille said that his dad's first job when he emigrated to Australia was picking grapes from that vineyard in that valley so his dad could have picked it was like wow this is wow yeah and then we got our captain pissed four days before the <laughs> I think we, we're allowed, we've been sitting on that information <laughs> before that <laughs> we <laughs> generally had to put him in a cab four days before the playoff final which is so, we were so we were so unquote water we were so we were so worried <laughs> i mean in many ways it works it, it, because if we lose that game we're going to be in such shit <laughs> no jedi was a fantastic guest if you haven't yeah. heard those episodes in fact i think the first one isn't available anymore from the playoff final but if you yeah. haven't heard the cup final one do go back and listen to it because it is a, a great episode and he was a, he was yeah. a great guest and he will be someone I mean it's, it's from the the couple of seasons before him as well certainly from the Hillsborough game so many you know, people like Clint Hill and yeah. that generation of players were fantastic for us at, a difficult, at such a difficult time for our club Yeah, I've got to give you know, a little uh, mention here to Sean Derry as well oh absolutely yeah. Yeah. Sean oh, Derry who, another who, pod you know, friend yeah, another yeah, pod yeah. friend yeah. who was there in the, in the Hillsborough game but also you see him now at the side of the pitch you know there with Patrick and with his little laptop his I don't know in. well yeah. I don't know how Sean I don't know I hope you're listening Sean but I don't know how you he doesn't know how to work a laptop. He really, <laughs> he really doesn't. He really doesn't. But he obviously looks like he's doing because obviously the TV cameras are on him. But yeah, a, a, a big shout out to Sean Derry, yeah. who's a great uh, fan of the podcast as well. He's to- another top man yeah. as well. But also, they were players that generation who nobody would put them in the top ten best midfielders, defenders in the world. You know, if there's a if there's a match of the day, late night thing. Mm. What are you talking uh, about? Jerry was better than Stevie G. Yeah, he was. But, but, but again, but these were better people... John and John Terry. Terry. Yeah. <laughs> but, these, yeah, but these were people that just gave everything for, yeah, for our club. And, and they're the players that fans remember just as much as the, the occasional genius footballer that we get. And it is nice seeing Sean back on the, on the oh, bench. Oh, it's really, Someone no, you know against the seeing DNA Paddy McCarthy back there and as well. Paddy as well. Another, another yeah. podcast. Yeah. We've been so lucky, haven't we, with all these guests yeah. on the podcast. Well, also, that's another thing we need to reflect on. The first time you'd have done this pod, our academy was, what, just a 
Oh, yeah. Corrugated four, yeah. four, four, four corrugated shed in the corner, the, corner you know, shared with a soft play centre, <laughs> and now it's one of the it's one of the best in the Premier League. Yeah, we've yeah. come a long way, and yeah. you're really missing that soft play centre, aren't you, Kev? I missed the shed more than anything. <laughs> more than anything, I missed that. As someone who had to go in that soft play centre, <laughs> Gambano's on a number of occasions. I'd like to thank the Palace Academy for sparing me that opportunity ever again. I missed most the confused security guard who didn't know what he had to look after on that site. <laughs> <laughs> Three pounds an hour to look to <laughs> shine his torch around a corrugated shed in the sun. <laughs> right, shall we crack on with questions uh, yeah. from our listeners? We got, we've got two here from Big Al Palace and Andy W, and I think you both know Hi, where Big it's Al, going, or well, you know. Um, Big Al says, Forget we've turned a corner, why can't we defend a corner? <laughs> Very good. He's got out. a point. Well done, Big. Very good. And very Andy good. W has done very similar. It would appear that corners not just for turning, but possibly for defending from also. <laughs> well done. Have we talked about that? In, did we talk about defending corners in part one? Did we yes. talk about? We did. Yeah, okay, let's sort of second. Oh place. yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, let's talk about. Well, let's let's talk about the referee. You touched on it briefly in in winners and losers. And if you didn't hear that. Patreon.com forward slash FAP podcast. I can't believe I said that, to be honest. I mean, it's, Unbelievable. it's def- definitely worth at least £3 a month. Uh, definitely. Um, yeah. A few questions here. Evan says, Hi, Evan. Hi, Evan. Hi, Evan. Worst referee since dot, dot, dot. I guess we've got to fill in the blanks there. Thanks, Evan. Um, Anton Jean-Baptiste. Hi, Anton. Great name. Great name. Um, how much... Oh, I'm going to say this with a caveat of allegedly slash is in jest. How much do you think they paid the ref? <laughs> Doesn't say who. So I think we're okay with that one. And then Wheelman... I've just read the question, has made a um, very litigious claim against the, the new owners of Newcastle. So I'm not going to read that one out. Um, but anyway, Andy, I'll come to you. You didn't think the refereeing Anthony England, Mr. Darren England, Darren England, Darren England? Yeah. you didn't think he was that bad. But a lot of Palestinians clearly thought he was a particularly bad performance. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think he was slightly overly fussy with some of the stuff he was pulling back. The thing that did strike me, though, and I, I sent the text message to a few people, I think, including you, on full time, was I, I, it struck me as slightly incomprehensible how someone could be booked during injury time that was due to be at least five minutes, and then the injury time was blown up at four minutes 55, mm. which I think lots of people are looking at as being indicative of his overall performance. I, I, when I looked at it, the individual things he pulled back, I didn't think any of them were very obviously wrong. But, I mean, I, I think Dom made the point on the pod extra that you know the ebb and the flow of the game when you're actually in the stadium you get more wound up I think by things than perhaps you do if you're not in the stadium um and I think any game where the referee basically disallows what would have been probably a deserved winning goal late on justifiably so but Mm. does still you know pull back and and give the infraction I I think it's always going to wind fans up I yeah I mean I, I didn't think he was frankly all that awful but I must be very wrong on that because everyone else does well it, I mean the, the disallowed goal he would have given I mean with VAR it, it was rightly disallowed I mean yeah. he, there's no reason for him to pull his shirt he had no need to he was quite away from the flight of the ball it, the referee wasn't particularly good also looking back at, at the time I kind of thought Newcastle were benefiting from but Newcastle weren't even deliberately Cheating. They weren't. They weren't going down. They weren't time wasting. It's just he seemed to get into a rhythm. There were two like fifteen minute sections in each half where he just seemed to think you couldn't. Both he, both teams couldn't compete for the ball. He was giving. He was letting Newcastle away with quite robust challenges, and he was pulling us up for. But on the other hand, as I said, I think Luca was fairly lucky to, to you know, mm. and we didn't. 
not win that game because of the ref. There's no, there's no, you can't. It was a, it was a terrible refereeing performance. It was poor, but it wasn't deliberate. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't bent or bought. It's just, he's a new referee. He's a new referee. He's, he's, well, he's still coming to terms with the Premier League. Mm. And it's, again, it's one of those things where all football fans don't like to think it's your fault that you haven't won a game that you should win. But it wasn't him, it wasn't because of him that we didn't win the game. But there there were a few moments where he seemed to be given decisions. Um, And does does Benteke score that header without the Gahey pull? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, that's the yeah. frustration of it. The guy, yeah, it, was, it was a foul, but it was almost irrelevant. Yeah, yeah he wasn't yeah. involved. That, that defender wouldn't have got anywhere near Benteke. That's the, the frustrating thing. Um, I've got a question here. I think one of you touched it, touched on it earlier um, about the HF banner. I'm just going to refer mm. to our lawyer on the podcast. Should we go there? It depends what you're going to say. Okay. Well, I'm, very loyally I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> it did happen. It existed. Dirk Bolton Dirk. Dirk says, um, Palace dropped two points yesterday, but the HF made a superb public statement about human rights whilst opposition fans wrapped themselves in Saudi flags. I'll take frustration and the view from the high ground. You. I mean, it was... Obviously, it then got reported to the police for potential racism, but it was it was a banner that had a lot of a truth to it, didn't it, in the, in the statements that were particular wording of it i think it's uh you know and i think the the, the record of the the saudi administration is so widely known i don't really think there's there's a great deal to add obviously it was um put forward by the hf in their typically staunch manner in, in the way that those guys do things which is you know their prerogative um and i can see you know why it's captured the public attention and imagination in the way it has and i, I can quite see why if you come from the lgbt community or you know anyone else who would be persecuted under that regime why you might have particularly strong views on what was put forward on on that banner i mean ultimately i think once a report is made to the police they have to investigate i think they they clearly did the right thing in not taking it any further i don't know quite why they felt the need to to publicize the fact of that investigation, which you know strikes me as slightly um, publicity-seeking from the police's social media channels, but so be it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't really think I've got a huge amount more to add to it than that. The police uh, uh, said they had to act because several people said that the cartoon of the Saudi person was a caricature Arab and therefore racist, but it wasn't. It was quite clearly meant to represent the... Crown Prince of Saudi Arabia came on the same weekend that uh, Newcastle, Newcastle asked many of their fans to not turn up to the next game with tea towels wrapped round their head, and then change their mind on and it. And then change their mind on it. Um, it came five days after Steve Parish and Lee Charnley from Newcastle United had a very publicised, massive row at the extraordinary general meeting of the. Premier League when for some reason Newcastle sent Lee Charnley who was Mike Ashley's right hand man and probably won't be at the club for in the next after the next couple of weeks to reportedly say to the Premier League we're going to try and flout FFP rules as much as possible we're going to be sponsored by a non-existent and Steve Parrish led the opposition to that and I think it encapsulated a view that many Newcastle fans hold as well and it's, you know, there's no 
it's interesting that uh, the broadcast media, Sky, BBC, didn't go anywhere near it, didn't show it. I understand that, but it reflects the views of many of many Newcastle. This 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 whole is is pointless to argue that Newcastle haven't been taken over by the Saudi Arabian government. They've been taken over by a private company. They have essentially been taken over by the Saudi Arabian government. And I understand Newcastle fans' argument. There's a massive amount of hypocrisy from other Premier League teams. Arsenal was sponsored by Visit Oranda. Oranda have the worst human rights record in in Africa. So I understand that. But there is unease amongst many Newcastle fans about what's mm-hmm. happening. And there is unease about for many other football fans about what's happening. Let's not forget that 10, 15 years ago, there are Palace fans looking forward to the Gaddafis taking over our club there's nothing illegal about the takeover I think Newcastle you need to ask why the Saudi Arabian government want a Premier League club and you need to ask I think they've picked the right one because I think if they had tried to buy Leeds or Everton the fans there would have resisted more than Newcastle fans have done but Newcastle fans are so fed up with 15-20 years of bad ownership they're ready to accept Anything and and yeah, there are eight or nine clubs in the Premier League whose fans can't occupy the, the moral high ground. But I I applaud the HF for that banner. I think it was brilliant, and I think most football fans. Again, it comes back to how we are a special club. You know, yeah. I think I think it's really good what they do. I totally agree, yeah. Kev. I just think the HF should be applauded for yeah. bringing that into the uh, attention that. The newspapers like The Guardian yeah. and The Times were reporting on it because if they hadn't done anything, nobody would report it on it. And it's an important issue. It may not be football-related, but it's still an important human rights issue. Well, it is and the fo- fact that people are talking about it is a good thing. But it is football-related because at a time when the Premier League are asking us to get behind women's football, to get behind rainbow laces, etc., these yeah, are all yeah, things yeah, that yeah. are not allowed in... in in Saudi Arabia, so it is it is football related, yeah, and yeah, again, okay. and we have to mention as, as we yeah. did before, the Palace and Proud statement yeah. on on the same day. Yeah, it's in, it's important, yeah, and yeah. the HF, to their enormous credit, have got a brilliant record on on well, this it, sort of public thing. It was interesting yeah. backlash on from some Newcastle, Newcastle fans on Twitter saying, "Oh, well, well, show me their statements against you know the Abramovich and the and the but other, other but, and they already but have some replied yeah, yeah. pictures." So yeah, yeah. clearly, <laughs> you know, we know that the HF take these things seriously, yeah, and, 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 and they and, almost could not say something about I'd just like to say on another point sorry to interrupt you Kevin uh, I came to a festival in uh, Brockwell Park about two months ago and I was at a bar and I bumped into a couple of guys who were the guys that sort of run the the, the HF they're the guys behind it and they were very very complimentary about uh, this podcast and about what five year pad are doing and uh, they were amazing guys and I tell you what those guys have got their heart in the right place you know what? And so whatever they do, you've got to believe these people believe they believe in our football club, but they also believe in human rights and, and all respect to them. Well, they also believe in in the the community of football. Yes, in that football isn't, but should be owned by the fans. It's like we've had yeah the, the model of ownership in 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 English football for a hundred years was one man, you know, one but never did that. So the Premier League changed all that, <laughs> but they reflect. Uh, a fan view that the media doesn't to be perfectly honest and those Newcastle fans and I understand why a lot of those Newcastle fans on Saturday were chanting we're fucking rich we're fucking rich but they're, they're, they're the very fans that we priced out 
in two years' time, when it's not St James's Park anymore, when it's named after an airline or whatever, and in two years' time, when they might be getting into the Champions League, but they won't be able to afford to go, they'll be the they'll be the first fans who are complaining about how it's not not their club anymore. Uh, yeah. So I, I thought that, that I thought that banner was really important, and I think it's to the discredit of the BBC and Sky that it wasn't more publicised. I, I th- can understand why they didn't do it because they want access yeah. to the new owners and, and so on. But I think you will uh, see more banners like that at other clubs throughout the season. I think it, it does. I don't know if you will because I think the HF are particularly good at producing. I mean, the, the, the production values in that banner were fantastic. They really were good. But as I said, their like, track record previously, you know, talking about the dirty money in football and Abramovich and stuff, they always could not do a banner about it. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, they're, yeah. but they're also really you know. good at, like, positive things. Yeah, yeah. I remember the great disc jockey, Andrew Weatherall, when Andrew Weatherall died, like, a, a year ago. I remember being at the back of the Holmesdale, they had a banner up about Andrew Weatherall, the DJ, and they were really positive about that. And they, you know, these are these are people who are just passionate about the club, as Kev rightly says, about the community, and about a community through music, through football, whatever it is. And I just think it should be applauded. Well, yeah. they're passionate about our club, but also they're passionate about other... About football. About football and yeah. about other clubs as well. You know. And I hope other clubs will take a lead, but I don't think they will, some of them. Well, it'll be interesting, it'll be interesting yeah. to see what happens throughout yeah. the season, because I think there's a lot of people at Palace and other clubs that are not happy about it. Um, what we're happy about, though, is taking a break and coming back with a preview for the Man City game on Saturday. <laughs> Welcome back to part five of the 400th FYP podcast. Hey. Hey. Feels like the 400th part of the podcast. Yeah, um, feels, like, feels like the 400th bottle of wine as well. <laughs> let's, let's do a quick preview of Man City away. Before I do that, obviously we were talking about the live pod on the 11th of November coming up uh, in a few weeks early on. We've had someone buy two tickets live on the podcast. <gasps> wow. Shout out to Lee Ayres. Oh, Lee. Lee. That's two tickets in the last five minutes. So that means there's now three tickets available, I think. Maybe a few more. Um, but a handful of tickets available at eventbrite.co.uk. So make sure you come along. At least probably somebody's been listening from the very for start. For quite a while, yeah, exactly. And how has he managed to buy it live when it's not live? live when it's not live? live. live. Just don't, don't think about it. Just enjoy it. Okay? Don't, don't think about the mechanics. You've um, used that expression before, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely getting cut. Um, Why? What's well, that? <laughs> because actual... That's another theme of this pod, 400, ye- 400 years of... <laughs> you saying litigious <laughs> things about me and me cutting them. Why is that litigious? I, because it could be insinuous. Let's it's talk about Man City just... away on Saturday. Oh, um, wow. we'd Three be points, four, obviously. We'd be on 404 pods now if you haven't cut all the stuff from <laughs> the <laughs> Um Well, it is our 10th game of the season, Kevin, and we do, we sound this podcast a lot, you get to 10 games, that's when you can start looking at the table and looking at trying to take things in. But Vieira's 10th game... I suspect we will re- remain on nine points at the end of it. But what, uh, actually, let me put one question to you here from Tony Phillips, the only part person who's asked a question about the City game at the weekend. Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Um, Hi, Tony. How should we, Tony. How, should we, how should we line up against City? Should you start? <laughs> I don't know. It's a strange one, isn't it? That you got more credit for not playing on Saturday than he did for playing in games before. I, I personally, I would take a 3-0 defeat now. The Chelsea game... I mean, Man City are the best team in the Premier League, without a doubt. Liverpool notwithstanding. The Chelsea game, first day of the season, 
you can't really judge. We were so timid and so poor. Liverpool, Jurgen Klopp said himself that it was the hardest 3-0 mm-hmm. victories he's ever seen. I've, I've got a, an image in my head where we, we probably lose, but we get a lot of credit for the way we play. I, I think that's an interesting question. I think it's a game where I might start. I don't think you put Elise in. It, it, it depends who's available, but in a way, it's one of those games where we will have 40% possession, which again, in the old days, we'd go 40% possession away, but we might be able to nick a goal. Mm. You know, again, because they, they won't play like Newcastle played against us. Mm. Well, it's, 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 it's an interesting test, but I, you know, anything we get, despite what we've said about how much we're enjoying Palace at the moment, they're such a good team. Yeah. The only thing you can hope for is that they that they take us for. But again, I don't think they will take us for granted because we've been playing so well. So, well, and yeah. we won't get the same result we had a couple of years ago where they did take us for granted and we and, and we sucker punched them three two. Um, well, we won't because one of the blutes has scored isn't near <laughs> anymore. anymore. Um, he has Vieira has been using Elise sparingly, and yeah. we know that. So it might be a case that Ayu comes back in away from home, more defensive. Maybe it makes more sense. What, what about Edward and Benteke? What, what do you see Vieira doing there, or what do you like? Well, to it see? depends on Wilf Yeah, I, oh, I, 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 yeah. you know, Wilf. You know, I'd rather Wilf and Edward. But yeah. I just think you know you got to think about this Man City game. I think you were looking at our new manager, Patrick Vieira, and this is. This is, in, in, in a sense, it might have been a bigger game for him than the Arsenal game. That was part of it, of course. You know, yeah. you know, he's yeah. like, he's very yeah. much, uh, as, as much as he was part of the Arsenal team and we all see him as an Arsenal player, he's he's very publicly said that he only got into management yeah, because yeah. of his time at Man City. Yeah, yeah. And he was at the Etihad for many years. You know, he, yeah. he, he knows that club inside out. He will want to go there and make an impression, of course, as a manager. And we know that he can do that. So, you know, I... I don't know. I just think again, as I always say, I always say you just got to get at these teams. You know, look, nobody expects us to win that game. Nobody expects us to win that game. If we get, if if, if we get a draw out of it, we'll all be very happy. But I just think, you know, just just get on the front foot. Just just surprise them. I always say, you know, I sound like a stuck record. I sound like a stuck record. <laughs> I sound like a stuck record. <laughs> Great, have you back on? But yeah. <laughs> But you just you just got to get at them. Just like the first fifteen minutes, just charge. Just yeah. get 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 Wilf on there. Get at them. Surprise them because they'll go in there thinking these this not going to be scared. You know, it's going to be a tough game. But it'll be it'll be tough for Vieira, the manager. But you know, you know what? Who's going? It doesn't does it really well, matter? In, in They're a good team, Man City. They're the best team in Europe. But again, in the vein of similar games, Andy, we've had previously. We're probably not expecting much, but if Palace go in and put a good performance and do lose two or three nil, whatever, I think over if it is that consistent performance again over the course of the bigger context, what's happening recently, we wouldn't be too upset. What are you expecting from from Palace on Saturday? I don't know. I really, don't, <laughs> I'll be honest. I really don't know. I think it's going to be really interesting because Zenders um, rightly says that they're the, they're the best team in the world. Frankly, I yeah. mean, they're the most coherent system. People talk about you know PSG now having. Messi and their team and there being you know other teams who who are as good as City I mean City um, haven't quite done it in the Champions League very latter stages but they they just the consistency of Guardiola's teams across three leagues now for over a decade just wins league after league after league and yes his teams spend lots of money but that's not the only explanation Ole Gunnar Solskjaer spent 
or yeah. has had a, a squad worth a billion quid. And it's not necessarily a guarantee that you're going to win trophies or do as well as Guardiola's teams do. Um, so, yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. And that kind of goes without saying. It's, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see whether or not it's the type of performance we had at Chelsea, which I'm not expecting, mm. or more like the Liverpool game, which I'm probably expecting. I, I don't expect us to go up there and win because I don't think we're going to sit in a, you know, we're not going to sit in a really low block and try to just completely counter-attack them, I wouldn't have thought. Um, I think we'll, you know, try to continue playing some of the aggressive football that, that we've been playing so far this season. And that's not without its risks against the team that good. Um, and they will put us about the pitch in the way that they, they do. I, I think you would be a very brave betting man to put any money on Palace. But provided that the performance is good again and they don't let their heads drop and, you know, even if they go one or two down, they don't just allow that to turn them into a ragged team. I, I, I think there'll be some positives to take from it. And frankly, the thing that, that I've found positive so far in nearly every game after the Chelsea game is no one's played through us. Mm. Even yeah. Liverpool didn't. Like, no one's just basically been able to pick us yeah. out through the middle. Yeah. You know, Gahey and Anderson look like a phenomenal backbone to that team. Both have really good recovery pace. They, we don't tend to have teams getting behind us a huge amount. It's, yeah. it's um, you know, that, that, all that stuff's pretty positive. So you, you don't see necessarily them getting in behind. If they're going to do anything where they manage to always find those balls in the half spaces they call it where they get man in behind the fullback it's probably going to be behind Joel Ward um, and they'll probably have some joy down that side um, hopefully though you know we're able to to at least try to restrict some of that we'll flight. be organised we'll be organised and be, we'll yeah, try it's, it's going to be we, we are not going to be a team at the end of it where you're going to look at it and go you are absolutely awful and you deserve to lose you know and, we, we're, and you know I'm not saying we are going to lose but you know, we looking on paper, we've got a team that will put up a fight. And but it's, it's the most difficult game of the season with, without, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, and without and without that, you've, you've, you've had City away, Liverpool away, Chelsea away. Well, frankly, I, yeah, I, 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 I recall saying in, in this pod at the start of the season that this marks the end of just the most phenomenally the, the, difficult uh, start. Yeah. And I think I said, I looked at it and thought, you know, on a bad run, and if we don't start well, it could be four, four points after this point and we're on nine yeah and it it really should have been 12 or 14 or 15 um and all that bodes pretty well and from that point onwards you know you've got uh the emirates anfield the etihad out and stanford bridge out of the way yeah you know so those are the most difficult games of the season also i think this is probably the first time since we've been in the premier league that a man city manager will look at the game and go i'm not entirely sure how they're going to play yeah because in the previous seasons, they've known exactly how we've going yeah. to play. We're going to get as many men behind the ball as possible. We're going to make it as restricted. And we'll try and hit them on the break. And I think we're a team at the moment that have different options. And I think Guardiola will be looking at our team and going, well, we need to be careful at the back. We yeah. don't. We need to be careful the way we keep the ball you know, in, a, in our third of the pitch because this is a team that can yeah. get on us. I, I think in terms of selection... I think if everyone's fit, I think he will go back to Ayu, Zahar, and Edward in the middle. I, I would, I would guess. Yeah. Well, then you've got right. good options coming off the bench. And yeah, but also, but actually, I would say about Wardy as well. We, every game this season, since before the Chelsea game, we've said, "Well, we're yeah, just yeah. a bit worried about Wardy." But 
it, it hasn't transpired. He's had a great season. He's, so had, far, a, he's had a brilliant season. But yeah. as you said, like you know, Palace, you know, go for it. No previous regimes would have gone for it away at Man City. But you feel like this this team could potentially absolutely, do that. Yeah, there is the legs yeah. and the quality to do that. So we don't know. We will see on I Saturday. I don't think we'll go. I mean, I don't think we'll be on the front foot right from the start. But, we're, but for the first time in in eight years or whatever since two thousand, we we've got a team that can punish them if if they lose the ball. You know. Well, we'll we've got a team with energy, with commitment, with pace. You know what? It will be a skill. massive surprise if we get a result out of the game. No, actually, that. Yeah, and that's yeah. a testament to how we're playing this season. It, it will be a massive yeah. surprise. You could probably argue it suits us more than Newcastle, yeah. really. A team that's going to come at us and try and beat us. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're really setting ourselves up to get pummeled five. No, no, I think we no, I think <laughs> we, I, I, but even if we I think we probably will lose and yeah. there will be no shame in that. But Near, well, nearly all teams do it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But as Streety says, we've kind of got over that shocking start to the season yeah, yeah. in terms of fixtures. Well, we'll yeah. be back next week for Pod Four Hundred One to review that. Oh, well, well, I, well, I think we should. No, I'm not really bothered about that. Why don't we finish I'll it? Be back on five hundred. Finish it four. Just finish it here. Why don't we finish it here? Why don't we retire? Should we just retire now? Can you imagine? Let's get a new base. No, no, I'm being serious. Or get a new base player in. <laughs> Sign the one from Pod Squads. <laughs> um, chaps, it's been amazing to be back in the same room, room as you. So, it's thank you so good. much for being here. Andy, great to see you as, as ever. Well, thank you for having me. Enders, thanks for coming up from the South Coast. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's great to see you again. I'm sitting Kevin up here for the season. Kevin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's my hell. Great to hear that again. I've missed that. I've really missed what am I going to do with all these leftover Polish? crisps I'll take some home it'll be fine um, thank you very much to I mean I hope I've thanked everyone else I've got to thank Ed and Travis but thanks to them thanks to Mike from Audio Boom he's been brilliant for us as well and anyone else I've forgotten I apologise who's helped us over the last 13 years your dad you? my dad JD yeah. Senior of your course. brother my brother, I did, I did he thank Ted earlier, but yeah, my, JD Senior he was part of that terrible terrible pod number one <laughs> I want to uh, thank God Sorry. <laughs> anyway, it's been a journey. <laughs> Thank you to our patrons and all our listeners. Uh, we'll be back next week with Pod 401 to review that game. In the meantime, uh, stay safe and we'll see you again soon. Goodbye. Bye. Podcast Network.